listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law. Now, today we have our resident trademark expert with us, Grace Yee from Aspect Legal. Hello, Grace. Welcome on board again. Hi, Joanna. It's great to be back. Great. All right. So today what we're talking about is trademark risks coming out of China. And I guess we should preface this by saying this is an absolute must-listen episode if you have goods that you manufacture in China or buy from China. Or I guess who else is this particularly important for, Grace? I guess anyone who sells their products or services in China or is going to use their brand in China. Yeah. So really a wide range of audiences that might be interested in what we're talking about today, which is some really hard hitting issues because this is a really quickly changing area. So I think that's the first thing that I want to say here, Grace. It's evolved rapidly, hasn't it, recently? Yeah. It's at a government level. It's a hot topic. Yeah. So why don't we first start with what the problem is. So why are we talking about this issue at the moment? Yeah. So I guess the reason why we need to talk about it is that it affects a lot of businesses. It's affected all the big brands even. I guess just stepping back when we say it is affecting, I I guess what we're saying is there's risks coming out of China at the moment that create the situation where businesses who are manufacturing in China or have any reason to want to mark in China might be missing out on the ability to get a trademark registration in China if they're not listing China as one of the main priorities in their trademark registration strategy. And that can really impact the business that they're doing in other countries as well. So I guess this is the issue, right? It's in China in registration, but not just that it, this issue permeates other jurisdictions as well for businesses who aren't on top of the risk. So maybe if we can backtrack a little bit, Grace, can you talk to us first a little bit about what the difference is between China and say Australia and America and other sort of common law systems in relation to trademark registration? Yeah. So the type of system that we have in Australia and the US and countries like the UK is that we have a first to use system. So essentially it means that even if somebody else manages to get onto the trademark register first with even an identical or similar mark, if you as a trader, you have actually used the mark before an earlier registration, though the registration systems will recognize your prior rights and allow you registration as well. So, and I guess we call that first to use country. That's right. So we're first to use countries in that whilst timing of filing is really important in terms of ease of filing, at the end of the day, if you've been the first to use, you still have ongoing rights in relation to the use of the mark. That's right. Right. And and our law recognizes that the person who has the best rights to a brand is actually the first to use. So that's the first to use system. What's different about a country like China is that they don't have that recognition. They are what we call a first to file country. So their trademark system 
is more about who actually manages to get onto the register first with a filing. So how does this play out then? And we've seen this play out in a number of ways. And I think there's some big stories around about big brands also having the same sort of struggles. So let's talk a little bit about those. So what happens is a lot of the time a trader will find out, will actually receive an email that looks a bit like a scam email or a spam email. They'll start receiving a whole heap of emails from people who represent themselves as being legal firms in China, actually notifying them that a trademark application is on foot in China for their trademark and then inviting them to lodge an opposition. So I guess he, and stepping back a little bit, I guess this sort of comes, doesn't it, from experiences that we've seen and certainly with big brands as well, manufacturing in China, but deciding not to or not even thinking about having a trademark registration. So manufacturing in China and then suddenly realizing someone else has registered this trademark or is applying to register their trademark in China. And what's the impact of that, Grace? What happens if someone is manufacturing in China, but that trademark is then held by someone else? Potentially, the risk is that if they are able to secure the registration of that trademark in China, they will then own the brand and potentially cause all sorts of issues for you, ranging from as far as stopping the export of your branded products because that's an infringement of their brand. It could go as far as stopping your ability to sell your products in China. So essentially, it's losing the right to have that brand and using that brand in China. And I, I just think what's so critical here, like it's amazing, isn't it? It's, a, it's such a big thing because, you know, even if, you, if you're not planning to sell in China, but you're merely manufacturing manufacturing in China and applying your trademark to the goods that are being manufactured, say, for example, on the labelling somewhere of the goods, you might get into big trouble if you're manufacturing there and then trying to export out of China as well. So I guess this links into the risk then that you, you're actually breaking the law at that point. If someone else holds this trademark registration, you are breaking the law in China by having goods manufactured with the mark that someone else there now owns. And certainly this can be picked up if the point of you taking those goods out of China to deliver to whatever country you're retailing or selling them in. That's right. So let's talk about some of the big brands that have been caught up in in this sort of issue, Grace. What sort of thing we've seen, you know, anecdotally on the street in terms of what's happening here? Yes, you might recall the issue that Apple had back in 2012. They had to settle a dispute over the iPad brand and it actually cost them $60 million reportedly to settle that. So that's a huge company that had a bit of an oversight there in relation to that brand, their branding in China. And so that just related to the fact that they manufactured in China, but didn't hold the iPad brand trademark in a registration in China. Is that right? That's right. They wanted to sell the product there as well, but it was about they didn't secure the brand. Right. I think this just demonstrates what a moving target this is at the moment. And certainly, you know, many times I think we talk about China as the wild west of IP rights. But it used to be this philosophy that registration of intellectual property rights in China was, there was no point to it because it's hard to enforce. But certainly this new situation the new developments have turned that on its head and it almost 
if you are manufacturing in China now or looking to sell in China for any reason, but perhaps for our audience, the more the higher likelihood is wanting to manufacture in China. China should be probably one of the first on your list at the moment. I think that's where we're at at the moment. Grace, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the cost of getting a registration relative to having to face the risks of somebody else securing it. And then I guess it's essentially being held to ransom by these sorts of unscrupulous third parties in China. And because it it is the manufacturing centre of the world, isn't it? Combined with the fact that, that people do, companies do take advantage of this situation and will systematically go through international registers and try and get on the register first in China. I think that's what we're seeing happening quite often. As we said, this has been quite quick to change and I think it will continue to evolve very quickly as well. So, it's just about getting on top of this and making sure you're getting you know, the right legal advice at the right point so you can stay on top of this area because it's unfolding so quickly. So let's maybe throw then to a few things for our listeners to think about in terms of action items. I think number one, we talked about the need to consider filing in China as one of the first components of your strategy. So I think that's action point number one. Yes. So if you manufacture in China, if you think that you're going to have any representation in China in any way, then that's the very first thing, talk to someone who understands this area to consider whether or not China is somewhere that you should be registering in absolutely urgently. I guess number two, if you're already manufacturing in China and you haven't been on top of this recent information, we forgive you because it's moving so quickly. You're completely forgiven, but don't just accept that someone else now holds those rights. I think the lesson there is to get advice as quickly as possible. And I might throw in there as well that you you should be considering your branding position internationally if that's something that's relevant to you. And then also considering if all the countries that are relevant to your use of the brand, if any of those particular countries are also first to file countries, because this the first to file countries aren't limited to just China. There are other countries as well that have first to file systems. So it might be a good opportunity to remind everyone to think about this as it applies to your brand and how you're using it and turning your attention to the fact that you might be using your brand in another country that is also a first-to-file system and and it's worth looking into that as soon as you can. I guess that leads on to another issue, which is if you're at the process of choosing a new brand for a new product or service or you're rebranding a business product or service, then really we need to be thinking about expanding our searches. As we always say, it's really important before you choose a brand that you're searching to make sure you're not infringing in the primary jurisdictions that you're operating, so the primary countries that you're operating. But now on top of this, if you're also going to have any sort of representation in China, whether that's through manufacturing or selling in China or taking revenue from China, you really need to think about searching in China as well as, say, Australia or wherever your business is based before you're choosing that brand. That's right. And something that's unique to China as well. And, and some of these foreign jurisdictions is that in China on the ground, it's not English that's used, it's it's Chinese characters. So it's also important to secure the Chinese transliteration of your brand there as well. So the, the way that your mark is phonetically pronounced in Chinese and then the Chinese character equivalents of those phonetic equivalents. So that actually affected a big brand like Penfolds who didn't protect the Chinese language version of their mark. And it actually ended up in them having to have their product 
products removed from the shelves of various hotels. So, and, and of course, once a legal dispute starts, it can really cause havoc for years. And in, in Penfold's case, it carried out for close to a decade. So, I mean, isn't that amazing? So, they thought to register Penfold's, but they didn't think to get the Chinese language version. But that then meant that their wines couldn't be sold in hotels in China. I mean, that's it's huge, isn't it? So, they did actually think to register there, but they just didn't get the Chinese translation. So, I think the message out of this is that it really is an area where you need to seek advice as quickly as possible because it's a moving target and there's a lot of different ways that risk can rear its head in area. Absolutely. Well, wonderful. Thank you, Grace, so much for coming in to talk about this today. I know we have run through this really quickly, but um, it's not relevant information to all of our listeners. So we just wanted to give you a snapshot. But if you are a business or you deal with businesses where this might be applicable, we have help for you. Just head over to our website at www.aspectlegal.com.au and there you can use the free appointment booking tool to book a discussion with Grace or the fabulous trademark team to discuss the issues that apply to you or your clients so that we can give you a bit of an overview of how we might be able to assist with those or the sorts of things that you should be thinking about as well. Great. Well, look, Grace, thank you so much for coming back on to Talking Law to talk trademarks again. Thanks for having me, Joe. Brilliant. Okay. All right. Well, look, and to you, our listeners, if you missed that link to Aspect Legal to use booking calendar to book yourself a consultation, then just head to our show notes, which you'll find in your podcast, or you can find at talkinglaw.com.au. Click into this episode. And in that episode, you'll be able to find a transcript of this episode as as well as links through to the booking calendar to set up a, an appointment for us to talk to you or your clients about how this might relate uh, to you or their business. And finally, if you enjoyed what you heard today, then please pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. Well, thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Talking Law, proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. looking for a top quality legal team to assist you in your organisation? Aspect Legal is an innovative commercial legal practice that specialises in providing fast and professional services for their clients. If you'd like to chat about how we might be able to assist you, simply head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au to book in a time for a free discussion with one of our lawyers. While you are there, you might also like to check out our innovative product, Legal on Tap. Our SME version of this product provides a business with access to a team of lawyers to answer questions as they come up in the business. And our large business version also provides this access to our team of lawyers to ask questions, but it also provides a wide range of online-based training in contract law for non-lawyers. Both of these products are available for a ridiculously low monthly price. If you're interested, simply head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au and check out our legal on-tap pages or head over to our contact page and submit a form to let us know that you would like more information. 
Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au.